0: Hello and welcome to the control in the variable. I'm Sonia and I'm Sarah and we're two postgraduate research students trying to make science more accessible for everyone. Okay hey everyone welcome back to the control in the variable. Sarah can you believe it's been a year since we started?
1: It is crazy how quickly time flies, you know, when you're in lockdowns consistently.
0: (laughs) It's been a really fun year. We've done a lot of really cool episodes, in our opinion. I think it was, it started off with a note being passed around in a lecture. Do you remember? Uh, It was a... I think it was a career development talk that we went to, or maybe it was that talk on posters, I'm not quite sure, but I remember just writing on the corner of my piece of paper, shall we start a podcast? And then you (laughs) replied after that, yes, after you drew a picture of Boris Johnson hiding in a fridge.
1: Oh my gosh, you have good memories, because I don't remember
0: this. (laughs) (laughs) What a time. (laughs) So um, this episode is going to be a little bit different from our usual... Um, it's going to be what my sister refers to as a retro episode or a retrospective episode so it'll be mostly Sarah and I discussing our favourite episodes, our favourite guests, our funniest stupid stories, the best advice we've received and maybe even we can discuss some future ideals for the podcast as well. Um, We'd also like to take this time to say thank you to all of our listeners. There's a um loyal group of you and uh, we really appreciate every listen that you download that doesn't make sense but you get what i'm saying
1: <laughs> yeah thank you guys so much um we really enjoy doing this so i think we would continue even if we had one listener but <laughs> great that there's more of you than just one
0: <laughs> yeah for sure for sure so sarah what has been your favorite episode so far
1: um I really like the one where I like from my uh, my own part of the podcast I really enjoyed the one where I talked about COVID and how it um, actually works in the body I think I think I'm just really interested in COVID in general and also it's my job now Um, so I have like invested interest in it I guess yeah (laughs) for me to sort of like do some more research into the the area that I was doing um and I honestly I really enjoyed all of um all of the sort of podcasts that we've done but I really found the one interesting uh the paper that you did about the mice and the skinny and the fat mice I thought that was really cool as well
0: Mm, that was in yeah I liked that that was
1: really yeah, it's like it's like, oh it's so cool. Like you know when
0: something's just you don't even think about it. No, but... wait a minute, Sarah, you did the paper on the fat mice.
1: No, I didn't, you did.
0: No, you did <laughs> You did. It was using CRISPR to change the fat content of mice. Well whereas I spoke about social media habits negatively affecting our memory. <laughs> Seriously?
1: Oh my gosh, okay. <laughs> I obviously have no memory. That's me
0: outgoing though oh that's so funny that's episode nine by the way guys that's called uh skinny fat transplants featuring diane um i don't
1: even remember talking about that i must go to the doctor about my memory because i don't remember anything apparently
0: (laughs) (laughs) side effect of covid Uh, (laughs) um i would say my most favorite episode to i think to record i think all the ones that we've had guests on have been really fun i think especially because a lot of the guests we've invited on, we kind of just kind of know. Um, We're not necessarily like close friends or anything like that. Um, And being able to talk to them about their research and hearing how passionate they are about their work um, and also their experiences has been really rewarding, I think, for us. Yeah,
1: it's been great to get to know them better as well. Like, it's, it's people that we see around a lot but don't necessarily
0: talk to yeah and that's not because we're snobby and we don't want to be friends with them it's just like (laughs) covid we don't like talk to everyone um and then I think yeah there is that nice kind of feel now like when you see people walking around you're like yeah I know like a lot more about you now and that's that's really cool so yeah thank you to all of our guests who have come on as well I think in total though my favorite one well there are like I have favourite bits from each one. I think our introduction one statistically did the best. And um, I think a lot of people were interested in what we had to say. Um, <laughs> and um, I, I like the ones where, obviously, I'm kind of obsessed with eugenics and how um, science is or has been inherently racist in the past. And I think, especially with the year that we've had, um you know black lives matter and you know I've really enjoyed doing the research for that and you know reading the books and reading the papers and everything like that that's been something that that's been something that's been really good you know from this year that I've enjoyed for the episodes
1: definitely I think um racism and science something that's definitely interesting for me as well um I've just been listening to an audiobook recently
0: Oh, um, someone's getting into audiobooks. I know,
1: can you believe it? It's so not like
0: me. Oh, um, Changed I Woman. A book, and it's The
1: Life of Henrietta Lacks. Who's
0: oh, there? yes, yes, I have that book. Um, have you read the book? I, I read, uh, oh god, don't call me out on it. I have it, it's on my <laughs> bookshelf. <laughs> I'll get round to it.
1: <laughs> I, I just was mentioning it because there's a section or a chapter in there where they talk about, you know, um, all the like terrible things that scientists did in the past, like experimenting on black people and not telling them and letting them die rather than treating them just to study a disease. Mm. Um, So that's why it just brought it up for me. And yeah, I find it really interesting. And obviously it's so cruel and barbaric. And it was only like in the fifties, some of these things happened or even more recent. So I think it's important
0: to talk about them as well. Yeah, for sure. And I'm sure we'll hear more about your book review um, of this. But I was looking in the freezer and I was like, oh, there's HeLa cells over there. And then I was like, oh, <laughs> no. Like, I don't know ethically whether we should u- continue using the- I don't. I don't know. I think we'll have to have that discussion at a later date. But the idea of using <laughs> cells that were so unethically sourced is, yeah. Yeah, it's questionable.
1: Um, I haven't finished the book yet, but I will definitely review it on a another podcast in the future once I've finished it.
0: Great, can't wait.
1: I mean, it's only like two years after we were recommended to read it by one of our <laughs> professors in one of our lectures, and I finally got round to reading it.
0: <laughs> Congrats! Yeah, after you've left formal education, <laughs> you found the time to read yeah. outside.
1: Do I still get the extra credit?
0: I think so. <laughs> Um Well, okay, so who has been your favourite guest? And I'm not saying, like, pick one and say all the others are rubbish, but was there something that you took <laughs> away from one of our guests that was just maybe life-changing? Um,
1: I think it was one of the uh, the first people we interviewed, if not the first person, I can't remember, but it was um Jo. From your lab. Yeah. I really
0: enjoyed like that one. That's episode eight, uh, titled We Now Do Interviews, featuring Dr. Joseph and Damstra Ody. Yes,
1: yeah, so uh, the first person we interviewed, I think that one um, sticks out for me quite a lot. Um, but obviously I enjoyed everyone, of course. Everyone was different and fantastic. So...
0: If I remember correctly, that was the episode where we slagged off David Attenborough, yes? <laughs>
1: Yeah, and you completely shattered my illusions.
0: <laughs> Somebody else in my lab came up to me after we released that episode and was like, Sonia, how how can you say that about David Asher? I can't believe you. I went back and watched that video. I don't see that at all. And I was like, well, you know, and that's my perspective. Um, but, you know, I think, yeah, we can't completely... Um, I don't know, negate what he's done for the science community. There is a picture of him that I walk past every day on the way to the lab. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, please don't hate on me. Let's not get cancelled for not appreciating David Attenborough as much as the rest of the population. Yeah, I mean, I still, I still love his
1: um, documentaries, you
0: know. But <laughs> you know, what, I realised like a thing about me, and it's that I don't like watching animal documentaries anymore. I just get so emotional.
1: Oh, right. Yeah. Do you know what? They are quite hard to watch. I'll admit that.
0: They're so hard to watch. And, like, I understand Circle of Life. You know, Lion King taught me from a young age Circle of Life. <laughs> but I still just, I can't. I get so upset when I see animals getting killed by other animals. And I know it's supposed to happen. I know that's how it goes. But it just makes me feel so upset.
1: Yeah. I mean, it. I have to be in the right mood to watch it as well. Like, uh, the the David Attenborough's most recent one about um, global warming and mm. the impact that we have, it took me like a year to watch that because I knew I'd be upset if I watched it. I knew I'd be depressed at the end of it. Yeah. I had to like mentally prepare myself.
0: But I think it kind of pushes to that question of like, what are you showing people? so that they have hope for the future or are you showing them to shame them because I feel like we've gotten to a point now where I don't know if people constantly kind of say oh global warming global warming if we're doing little things every day to help you know help the overall um projection of of global warming but nothing's happening like I don't understand what we're meant to do next because it's, it's like okay I'm gonna go a little bit political here but it's like the government saying <laughs> how can you go out and do this and do that and you've done this and it's your fault look at the nurses in the eyes and tell them you know whatever you know that whole thing that they're yeah, doing okay. it's, yeah, like really that. it's like
1: that it's like like everywhere
0: it's like shaming the people but it was your inadequacies that have led us to where we are right now and so it's like yeah, it, seem- it's similar with global warming like It's the bigger companies and the government that need to make the big changes, because... Yeah,
1: like, individuals can't, like, you know, just average people can't take the full blame. No. Um, I can't remember where I heard the argument, but, you know, I think it was actually in the the first audiobook I listened to, which was
0: Obama's... You've uh... listened to two?!
1: (laughs) I know. The first one as well, the first ever audiobook I got was an absolute marathon. I think it was like 26 hours. Oh my gosh. It was Obama's A Promised Land. Oh, nice. It was a long book. <laughs> In it, he said, you know, like average working class or like poor or even middle class people, they don't think about the impact that they have on the environment, like, the, if they're thinking about just having food for the day. Mm. Like, it's not as important to them when they're trying to, you know, just make sure that they have a, a home to live in and food on the table. So, yeah, definitely I think um, bigger companies do need to be held accountable and need to change faster because obviously huge companies like, let's say Amazon, for example. Ugh, Amazon. I, to become um, carbon neutral overnight, no. it's not. It's going to take a very, very long time. But you need to put pressure on them to hurry up, basically,
0: and pay their workers. They were on the news the other day for you know their workers are on zero hour contracts. So yeah, that too, that too, not good. So yeah, they do make you feel guilty.
1: But I think the the one that I spent a year trying to like bring myself to watch it did actually have sort of a very optimistic ending so you oh. didn't leave it feeling too uh, depressed
0: <laughs> okay that's good because that would be my fear that it just ends with a black screen like okay look at yourself now <laughs> <laughs> okay well that's good uh what else I would say that I, I don't know I think all of our guests have contributed in such like like such great ways um I think If we go through each of them separately, like, Joe, I knew since the beginning of my master's, and, oh, he decorated my desk, like, when I first joined, and things like that, so welcome, Sonia, and, like, things like that, and I think that working with people like that is really, it's really encouraging, because certainly you struggle when you first join a lab, um, especially if you join knowing literally nothing, um, about (laughs) the model organism that you're studying, um, and so, yeah, I found that really hard, but he was so helpful, and I think his approach to science and his approach to work was really it was really nice to see because it wasn't it wasn't like his work was his life, which was great because I think he yeah. helped kind of establish a good um work life balance. I love talking to Diane because she's such a book nerd, and she's <laughs> She's one of those people who, like, when she gets a topic in her head, she really, like, she does all the research for it. She reads every book about it watches every show about it, and then she can tell you quite a lot. So I really enjoyed chatting with her. Um, Stacey Vincent is, like, she's very well known in our uni, I would say. Well, maybe the building. I'm not sure about the uni in general. Um, (laughs) But certainly the uni for being, like... The ideal student. And definitely talking to her has been really good. Her whole idea of, um, er, like, you should go out and reach and try new things in science has been really good. I did a course the other day about data management and... Oh. Um, using a software called Orange. I mean it was a mandatory course. I wasn't allowed to not attend, but certainly oh, okay. <laughs> I approached it. <laughs> I approached it in a in a much more optimistic way because of what Stacy said that we should all be learning skills um outside of the lab.
1: Definitely,
0: yeah. So that was great. Talking to Professor Julia Kuracheva was really good. Um she's done quite a lot for women in biology. And Yeah, she she's so accomplished as well, which
1: is really great to see someone like that and have someone where you think, wow, you've done so much, you so inspiring.
0: Yeah, for sure. And I think also her story of when she came to um, Royal Holloway, she was one of two uh, women in teaching and then she became the only one for a while and I feel like that's mirroring my life a little bit like I joined my lab and I was one of three girls in the lab and now two of them well one of them's about to leave the other one's already left and then I'll be as the Celine Dion said all by myself <laughs> <laughs> and then we met Professor Ranjit Lal who um is actually just a friend of my ma no um. A- A mum of my friend. That makes more sense. Um, (laughs) And um, I think it was great because I haven't really met very many um, Indian women um, who have reached professorship. In fact, I would say she's the only professor I know who is a woman and is Indian. And I think that's really um, inspiring for someone like me. I'd say it's, for me, like entering the world of science and research was definitely inspired by the Asian women I saw going into it because I think before I met these people, I didn't think that there was necessarily a place for me in science because I'd never seen it before. Um, And then I met... um, I'll do do a little shout-out. I met Dr. Nelifah Syed from Imperial and then I also met, obviously um professor Lal and then my cousin she's doing her PhD and I think the three of them together and she's actually going to be on our next episode um and I think you know the three of them together really made me think that yeah there is a place for me um in science so that was great that was great (laughs) also that was the worst episode from you get talking about sad penguins I was so sad after that episode (laughs)
1: Note, note to yourself don't talk about anything about animals
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh maybe that that's could be it <laughs> oh maybe that's it it's just animals I think because animals are so innocent in my eyes um yeah yeah I, I'm I'm the same
1: right if I see any animals get hurt I would be so upset like I don't even kill bugs nowadays
0: I mean <laughs> I hate them I think they're gross yeah the oh you've moved away from your days of swatting flies
1: can okay you flies me. are another
0: story I hate flies <laughs> <laughs> everything else <laughs> um, then there was the episode when we spoke to Tamzin Williams um and she informed us of a fancy side of science which I don't think any of us knew existed so that was no. amazing <laughs> um and then yeah and then our our last episode, episode 14, um, we met with Dr. Versha Prakash and that was, that was really good to talk to her because she's, I think she was our only guest who moved away from science um, research um, into uh, an industry job and that was very interesting to talk to her about. Yeah,
1: and it was great to catch up as well because I spent a couple of months with her before she left and she was so helpful in the lab and like she... She had so much knowledge that she was willing to impart on me, who was absolutely clueless back in those days.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, that's also, yeah. I think she's also part of that group of women who inspire me um, in science, because I think I, well, I, think it also has something to do with the way that other people perceive her. Because if you talk to anybody else, like in my lab and any other lab that kind of knows our ones... Um, Yeah, people always speak about Versha very highly and how, like, I I don't know how to say this, but how assertive she is and how she doesn't really take any rubbish from anyone. And it's great to see somebody, um, you know, like her, have that kind of reputation, um, which I think is usually given to... I don't know I think in the past when people describe women as being very assertive and very kind of like no rubbish kind of thing they're they're spoken about quite negatively yeah but certainly with right I don't think that's the case
1: no I think you have a lot of that as well like you're very um you're not gonna be like messed around I find that very inspiring because I'm someone who'd very much be like oh okay and like sort of back off into a corner <laughs> <laughs> someone to be like not rude but you know Maybe not very nice. I don't know. But like I'm not someone who, you know, stands up and.
0: Well, know. I think that's going to change, Sarah, isn't it?
1: Yeah, sure. I'm sure I'll get better at, at it as I get older. But
0: yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> I'm sure that, you know, I think your masters have, if they've shown you anything, is that you are very capable and things like that. And you should take oh, that I confidence think... forward with you.
1: Yeah, definitely. It's something that's gotten better with age and. You know, the more you know and stuff, the the longer the life you've led.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Okay, moving on to our favourite or funniest stupid story. (laughs) There have been a few. (laughs) Some of them I do understand you had to to have been there. Yeah, I get that. We've had those messages. But there are some that are just very, very funny and I still chuckle when I think about them today. For me, the
1: one that happened to me that stands out is when I spilt bacterial culture absolutely everywhere oh because the uh, bottle broke from the centrifuge oh yes and uh, it went on my shoes it went on my lab coat and I just thought like is a giant mushroom gonna grow on my shoe now
0: <laughs> <laughs> because bacteria famously turn into mushrooms
1: <laughs> <laughs> well like are they gonna turn fairy I'm gonna have like some fair shoes overnight
0: <laughs> uh, can you imagine if you did oh that'd be crazy
1: Luckily, they're okay, and I still wear them. So, you know, spraying them with anti-bac
0: obviously worked. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Put that on their packaging from now on. Also, good use for cleaning. Did you hear that sneeze? That was the loudest sneeze coming from, like, three rooms away. <laughs> um, yeah. So <laughs> um, I would say the funniest story, and it still makes me laugh, is one where... Um, I'm talking about there was a leak in our lab, um, and yeah. there was water falling onto our centrifuge and our centrifuges. Well, I was told it's like thirty grand; it's very expensive. Um, also, you can't steal it; it's bloody heavy. So, no ideas. Don't get any ideas from that. Um, and <laughs> <laughs> and um, yeah, uh, there was rain falling on it. I think we tweeted, "Oh no, it's raining!" from you know our lab Twitter, and then I think my dad replied saying oh no like try and save what you can that kind of thing and the next day my friend I think we referred to her as Judy but I mean her name's Yuda <laughs> like everybody knows that um <laughs> she was like I don't know who this man is like telling us to move things does he not know how heavy a centrifuge is and all that and I was like Yuda that's my dad <laughs> <laughs> no, I just think it's funny I think you have to know Yuda as well to find that funny but <laughs> okay um <laughs> clearly not that funny for everyone else what is the best piece of advice that you got from one of our guests or maybe just a piece of advice that was given to you this year um that you'd like to share
1: would you like to go first on that one because I'm just thinking I'm gonna mull that one over
0: (laughs) um (laughs) um, (laughs) the best advice that I've got this year I think because it's been such a weird year a lot of the advice that has really kind of stuck well with me is about making sure that you find time to do other things. Because normally, when you live your life day to day, because you can go out and meet people, you slot in time for that. Yeah. Whereas because you're at home, it's very easy to just say, oh, sorry, I don't want to join this Zoom call or whatever. Um, but actually going yeah. to these Zoom calls, I think, are really important for your mental health and reaching out to other people and even if maybe you don't get a lot out of the conversation or the event that's being taken like that's taking place if you're talking to somebody else maybe they're getting something from it as well um even if you're not so um yeah I think it's a a bit awkward at the beginning but I think people are getting a lot better at talking to others on zoom (laughs) or MS Teams or whatever platform you prefer to use um (laughs) But, yeah, I, I'd say that's kind of advice that I got given. I don't remember who gave it. I think it was just sort of generic advice of, like, oh, yeah, like, reach out, talk to people, that kind of thing. Actually, I think there's an ad, an advert on a lot of, like, Spotify podcasts of, like, oh, you should get back in touch with somebody you've lost contact with over quarantine. <laughs> and, um, yeah, I think that was quite good. I think I've made a lot of really good friendships over quarantine as well um i think this podcast has made us become better friends which is really good um sharing both a podcast and a birthday loving it um and (laughs) then (laughs) yeah i've made loads of other friends over quarantine which i didn't think would happen um so that's the best advice that i was given and i would share to other people and it's yeah reach out to other people and yeah talk to people i suppose yeah
1: Yeah, that's a good one. I mean, I'm a bit of a scrooge when it comes to, like, when people are like, oh, let's have drinks over video call. I'm like, oh, it's just not the same, is it? No, (laughs) that is true. (laughs) like, you know, they're like, let's get dressed up. And I'm like, for a video call? (laughs) I (laughs) don't know, like, a dress for a video call.
0: But I think it's the process, you know, of getting ready and, you know, making yourself look a bit better. I don't know, there's something quite nice about that. Um, yeah, it
1: is fun. I do like like getting ready and things, but I don't know. In my mind, I'm I like it's not for me, but obviously, when when I do it, I do enjoy it.
0: So, oh, speaking of looking better, you know that what you were talking about with the dark circles under the eyes. Yeah, I found a TikTok. I'm low-key very obsessed with TikTok. It's it's not <laughs> safe, um, but if you were to pinch your skin under your eye, like very gently if the dark circle okay let's just remind ourselves here my source of information here is tiktok i'm not sure (laughs) if it's correct (laughs) but it was like if you like uh pinch the skin under your eye and then pull it forward a little bit like obviously very gently don't go like squeezing but if the darkness goes away it just means that your skin is very thin um but if if you like pinch it and then pull it forward and it's still dark then you need to use like a retinoid or something oh cool
1: okay yeah I don't know (laughs) I'll
0: just use concealer (laughs) yeah concealer for now that's
1: advice um which I've honestly gone blank but I really you know everyone has had like really great advice from all the people that we've interviewed I think like what you said taking time out to look after yourself and doing other things not just working all the time um, that's definitely been applicable for me this year because <laughs> yeah. i been sitting at home, just bored out of my mind. But also, like, not feeling bad if you're not being productive mm. because you know it is like a very weird time, and you don't have to be on 100 percent of the time. Because before the pandemic, I was like a bit of a workhorse. I'd go to uni like five days a week, and then at the weekend, I'd work both days. So I never really had like time off or anything like that and then it just all stopped so um it's been nice to take time out I guess but then um it's also good that I try not to feel guilty about not doing as much as I used to yeah so
0: that's
1: definitely a good piece of advice
0: yeah I think also there's like this romanticized romanticization I'm not sure if that's even a word but of like (laughs) of overworking you know so to test it yesterday I worked a 12 and a half hour day um in the lab um and I posted about it on my Instagram and some people replied back like oh no that's really bad I hope you're okay and then other people replied back like yay wow so proud that's really good and I was like no this is like (laughs) the worst day of my life I don't quite understand like I think people think that, oh, yeah, you've got to work really hard to be successful, but I don't think that's true. I think you need to work smart. And, um, for example, I've taken this morning off because I need to, like, recharge my batteries because I'm so bloody drained. Um, But, yeah, yeah. yeah, so I think, you know, working hard isn't, I think, a good thing, to be fair. (laughs) I think you need to work smart and work efficiently, Um, but working a really long time just, I don't think... I don't think that's healthy um, for anyone and I know that probably doctors and nurses are thinking 12 hours like can she stop moaning but like <laughs> <laughs> thank you for the service but you know I don't think I'm cut out for that <laughs> okay let's move on to the future are there any future guests that you want to get on to the podcast are there any future topics that we should cover and if you can have an I'm saying, like, the most abstract. It's really that your imagination is the limit of who you could invite onto the podcast. Who would you invite? I don't think that was grammatically correct, but you get what I'm saying.
1: (laughs) Okay, so there's, like, no limit. It could be someone...
0: It could be someone, like, completely... We're never going to get in touch with them, but just try...
1: I think, actually... One that would be really good is, um, I think her name is Hannah Fry, and she does, like, some documentaries on the BBC, and she's so smart. Like, honestly, she's brilliant. Um, I only discovered her, like, maybe a month ago. My dad was like, oh, you should watch this thing. It was about um, numbers and maths, and she's just, like, a genius. Um, But she's so good at explaining uh, concepts, and it actually... um, sort of like made me interested in maths again because it's something I liked but I hadn't used or done for a very long time so watching this documentary was just like oh wow she, like it really uh interested me and I think she's really good at getting people to engage in that way and learn it was so informative as well so she I think she would be a great person to come on and it it's not like you know like a million miles away like I'm not saying like Lady Gaga or anyone <laughs> I think she'd be great for the podcast
0: great anyone listening if you can get this to happen that would be great um <laughs> um I on the same kind of wavelength I suppose um I like the way that Professor Brian Cox explains things um yeah I was never really into physics I did pretty well in physics. Like. I I got it, and I, I did it, but it never really interested me that much. And then, obviously, yeah. after I dropped it, I started watching Professor Brian Cox and stuff like that, and I thought to myself, wow, that's so cool. <laughs> and he also explains things in a very um, good way. And I think it's people... I like interviewing people and talking to people who, like, make science more accessible for others. Because I think for so long, it seems like this elitist thing that, like, only super smart people are allowed to understand. But I think that sort of, I don't know, looking down upon other people from the science community, um, sorry, by the science community, has led to all of these weird conspiracy theories about science. And how it's, like government controlled and how like we're all evil and things like that um I think if if, if we were a lot more open to begin with and ex, you know explain things to the general public there would be a much better kind of vibe I guess with science because you know I'm speaking also from my community in that like a lot of BAME people here in the UK are, are refusing to take the vaccine yeah, and um, they're they're doing a lot of outreach projects now to like encourage people of color to have the vaccine, um, and people aren't getting the vaccine because they think of like there's a huge distrust within the community, which I think rightly so. Like when you read about Henrietta Lacks and when you read about eugenics and everything like that that's happened in science. Yeah, to be fair, like people of color have something to be worried about because science hasn't yeah. really worked in their favor beforehand. Um, But certainly, I think now, trying to increase um, outreach and educate the masses, I think we're on our way to, you know.
1: Yeah, there's definitely a conscious effort being made um, nowadays. And obviously, we have more ethics and things like that around science and openness. And, like, for example, I think the Pfizer vaccine... It was trialled on like 40,000 people and they made an effort to make sure that that was a du- diverse group of people to sort of, I guess, to sort of stop this issue from happening. Although it's still, people are still sceptical about the effects of the vaccine on different um, ethnic minorities. But I think they did make some kind of effort to sort of address that. But obviously, there's a long way to go still. Mm. i completely understand like exactly as you said like when you think about the past and how people have acted in the past in science that there will still be skepticism around it
0: yeah for sure um but on that note i can't wait for the vaccine stab it in my arm i really (laughs) i'm I'm ready
1: (laughs) yes i got my first dose um this week actually
0: oh yeah congratulations Thank you. Um, I'm not going to lie, my
1: arm did hurt, but, you know, arm hurting or COVID, I'd rather my arm hurt for,
0: like, a day. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Well, you've had both now. <laughs> so. Yeah, I've had
1: both. So, you know, I'm fully expecting to never get COVID ever again.
0: Oh, and touch if- wood.
1: I will be very upset. <laughs> but, yeah, I do feel sort of like, because I've had both now, I feel like I have the, the benefit of, like, feeling like I don't have to feel guilty about going out I mean obviously you can still spread it and things like, I'm very conscious of that I'll still follow the rules but I'll be it will feel I just feel like a lot more free because of
0: it oh that's really good and then hopefully yeah, yeah the more people will get it the better and then we'll all be free <laughs> Great so this has been really fun to like have a good chat about what we've done so far what we plan on doing and everything like that this podcast has really been a great thing for the two of us um and yeah again thank you to everyone who listens. if you have any questions anything you want to chat to us about contact us in um on social media or our email not gonna lie we seldom check the email but send us one anyway we'll have a look and uh and yeah we uh we hope you're all doing well hope you're all doing safe we hope you will get the vaccine very very soon
1: yes stay safe guys
0: and that brings us to the end of today's podcast remember you can listen to us on spotify radio public and breaker and don't forget to follow us on instagram we are control and variable you can also follow us on our own personal Twitters of Sonia underscore Shinma. And Sarah Muscat with a free on the end. Because Sarah Muscat one and two were taken. Yes. We hope you enjoyed today's podcast. Please leave a review.
1: And we hope you enjoyed it. You'll hear us again next time.
0: <laughs> Bye.